0: Welcome back to Plus This with Kathy Deach and friends. I'm very lucky to have friends in this dark, dark time. Um, it's What's really funny is that all the things you hate about L.A. have kind of been fixed with this um, coronavirus. Like there's nobody on them streets. I got here in 15 minutes. Um. Nobody looks good. Everyone's a horror. So if you even try like this much, like vanity is out the window. Like no one gives any shits about anything. Excuse my French so early in the in the show. But um. So I put on a face, and people were like, "Where is she going?" It was actually people saw me, which was fun. Uh. We do have. We're playing it hella safe. Kurt is here with me, but plenty far away. We've been six feet away this entire time. Um. And I do have. The ever Liz Jenkins with me today. Yeah. Hi, girl. Oh, hello. Hi, there. You are. Yes, thank you. I need some more volume. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> um, f- with just like face hair face. on point. Oh my gosh!
1: Thank you. I got this done. I got my hair done um, by this amazing stylist. Her name's Coco. She was so cool, and I got it right before the lockdown. Well, the self-quarantine. And so I've been like, yes, my hair looks beautiful, but i got nowhere to go.
0: Except <laughs> We're going to tell all the people. We're telling them all. Um, I did not get my hair done right before. You're and she you know. is a fright. Like, I tried to wear her down because I know this is a lot. It's like a lot. And so I like to break it up. With hair, but it was so big and crazy. And I was like, this is going to be in my eyeballs. I'm going to be touching my face. I just cannot. We have to follow the rules. Yeah, that's like
1: people, they can't go to the hair salon. The nail salons are closed. Like, all of the grooming like i i followed tracy ellis ross and she was like i didn't she took off her own gels and i was
0: like i I would not even attempt we can't even begin to talk about my biscuits girl my feet are like (laughs) your biscuits are your feet yes you know you never heard that biscuits are feet you never heard that oh lord But they, they kind of like little brown biscuits, I guess. <laughs> I mean, i they're just like loaves right now. They're just loaves, actually. It's not biscuits. I,
1: I hate to rub it in. I also got my toes and my nails done right before, too. I feel guilty because I, I got, you. like, everything done just happened to me when everything was due.
0: <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Hashtag nailed it. You did it they're pretty i like how shiny yeah. they are um what was fun is that even though we are back on the air four months later i did manage to see you since yes we yeah did. during the break that was you provided me by the way thank you very much listen it was like a miracle upon miracles that that even all like synchronized up like i was flying in and yes. like went there right from the airport like I don't know who I thought I was but I, <laughs> <gonna> go <laughs> I thought it's I looked lovely. and I was like oh there I absolutely did not allow one photo of me because I did hop off a plane and drove Lonely's right look to the great. event look
1: great, but oh, that no. WGA event was amazing and when I got your mm-hmm. message I actually you sent an email and I couldn't i was like oh gosh wga is having i forget what the exact title was but it I was can, like a body- i
0: can give it to you i think yeah, i think i have it um i feel yeah. like it was like it was body they said a body inclusion actually it's on yeah. the photo that it, uh, do you have that can you tell me kurt what it says Ah. on the photo
1: the Big Picture, yeah. Why Writers Should Insist on More Body Diversity on Screen. Yes, I love the name of it. And as soon as you sent that to me, I was like, I'm there. I don't even go to Hollywood. I don't go to Hollywood for anything.
0: Oh, <laughs> look at that. I got that message. It was, was great. There. It was great. And, um, you know, there are about five or six of us there. And, you know, so just to give people context who are not in Hollywood, the WGA is the Writers Guild of America. And they're pretty notorious for being on lockdown with their own membership. Like, if they have an event, it's not like they invite SAG people. They invite Director's Guild. It's like for the, the writers, right? So um, it's, it's hard to get into these panels unless you have, like, a buddy who's there with you. And uh, I just happened upon a friend who works at the BFA program that I'm in. And she saw me because we were doing our orientation and she said my friend and I want to make sure that I'm saying it right Andra Whipple is spearheading this panel and I feel like you should be there and I was like okay and then Andra emailed me and was like do you want to bring like a bunch of actors like actresses and I was like yeah I do and I'll get you the fierce ones. <laughs> and hence, <laughs> hence Liz got to, go, got to come. Uh, you know, and it was really eye-opening. And quite honestly, maybe the most optimistic I had been in a really in long time.
1: Year, in 10 years. 11. I always forget how long I've lived in L.A. and I've been pursuing a career. But I think it's been 11 years. And that was the most optimistic night I've had as an actress in this industry in that long, Um, it was also packed. Like I I don't go to a lot of like union things but I know notoriously they're not that packed Um, unless it's like, you know, the actors union and it's like a free something or something screening but it was completely packed. So that was also just to walk in and it'd be a room full of people that wanted to know and understand how to better write for diverse bodies. Like I was taken aback by Yeah, that
0: and also like where the conversation ended up heading was how to negotiate those conversations with people who are in pow- powerful positions who will fight you. Right. And that was the thing that um Jose Molina, who for those of you who don't know is uh he's written on the tick and Agent Carter and um yeah, very
1: comic book like uh, stuff like a lot of sci fi action adventure, which was really cool because you don't see body diversity there at all. Um, yeah, he was really great.
0: And he was so like in it to win it. That was yeah. like, he was probably one of the most passionate people that I was surprised about. And how he. Was he the only there? I'm so sorry, say again. Was he the only man there? He was. Yeah. He was the only man on the panel. Yeah. He um, oh, really, the way he talked about how he sort of negotiated people that he wanted considered for things and how he's like, usually it's like an actor I have in mind that I bring in. And then right. he kind of lets the other person have to say why this isn't w- working for them. And he, right. so then he makes them sort of admit that they have some kind of bias, and then he he gets to say, "Well, isn't that a problem?" Um, no. I thought he was really, really it's an ally that I never would have suspected. And he's obviously heard a lot. He talked a lot about hearing people say things about Latinx culture and people right. because he doesn't he he doesn't like come across as somebody who would look like what Hollywood thinks that looks like. And um, people assume he's white. And he was like, that is, he's like, so I know that that's how people talk. <laughs> so they also, you know, talk about people within people amongst themselves, too. I mean, I kind of got that sense from him that that's yeah, what he was sort of leaning I, towards. I
1: felt like every single one of them was really kept it real with the other writers, like you said, at the beginning of when you started talking about how they would get pushed back from perhaps the network or production, like they a writer could write a character that's supposed to be plus size, that's supposed to be, you know, in a wheelchair, that's supposed to be a, a diverse body and the producers or the network or somewhere down the line will be like, or, and just completely write out a writer's vision. And as actors of diverse bodies, it's it also is, um, very, very helpful to know that because you'll audition for a character and sometimes you'll see it later on screen and it looks nothing like the way it was written. It Um, is
0: not the same. How to Get Away with Murder is the one that is the most flooring. Did you go in for that? No. When when it came out?
1: It was was on the show later, but I didn't go out for like a series regular. Yeah.
0: I mean, the one so you know how she has like the two people who are not students I'm sorry that I don't know anybody's names I I I watched it peripherally after I don't get things it's hard for me to watch them (laughs) I'm being really honest about my ego
1: (laughs) I up with it a lot until the season after I was in it. Then I was like, I'll wait till
2: they call and I'll catch
0: up. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the, they're the two people that worked for Annalise. I knew that. And they were ones who were not like in school any longer. They were actually lawyers. And the woman, the blonde, the thin blonde woman, I'm forgetting her name and the actress, but that part was written literally for someone who looks like me like Zaftig. Yeah. And motherly, like Mama Bearish. And she was from Philly. Like it was like hitting all the marks. And no, I, um,
1: I know she's a blonde Gal with the short hair, she's I mean, she's a brilliant actress and we're not saying no clearly it's, it's
0: not like, about that. Yeah. More
1: about, you know, the where the change happens and where you know a diverse body loses a role out because yeah, a network was like, no, we don't really want to see the lead be a heavy set person or, you know, like I said, a disabled person, which is so upsetting. I didn't know that about how to get with get away with murder. I will say they were very, very when I did the show so great about costuming. You know, I, I wrote that article about um, yeah. um speaking up for yourself and fittings and, and auditions. And they were one of the ones that were they were brilliant with the costuming department. But yeah, I mean if you went out for that, that's the, exactly what I'm talking about. Then when you see it, you're like, that's the opposite. Yeah.
0: You're like, <laughs> hold up. Exactly. Yeah. how know that though.
1: she's not motherly or festive.
0: Yeah, that is no. not zaftig. Um.
1: <laughs> you know, I did have an audition this past year that... It's said in the character description fat, and I know not everyone identifies with the word fat or is okay with using the word fat to describe themselves, but I, it gave me so much ammunition for that role, knowing that it was, it was very, I'm just saying that even writing things like that in a descriptor, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if they actually cast the fat person right but the role it's set in there and it was a very important part of the character so um, right
0: right that, another another oh, person right. who was there that i want to talk about because she is legendary is um josefina lopez oh, who right. wrote real women have curves and was just another person on fire i feel like any exactly. of us could reach out to her at any time and like right. ask her about things <laughs>
1: I would say she was the most like, she was like, I have shit to say about this industry, about how the struggle she had making real women have curves, which any plus size woman I know relates to real women have curves. That was like one of the first movies, at least in our generation, but one of the first movies where I was like, oh, hell yes. Yes, this is a movie about a thick girl um yeah and she was brilliant she was so like personable she i I feel like everyone towards the end was okay with us going up and speaking to them and, and especially during the q a but she was the most like come talk to me um
0: which was very nice. Yeah, and everyone here should know who's watching at home that Liz was the celebrity who was there. Um, when she got up to talk, no, 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 I'm gonna talk right over you. When she got up to talk, there was an amazing writer, uh, Marquita Robinson, who worked with her on Blackish. And yes, she literally was am. like, everyone needs to hire this woman. If you get a chance, hire this woman. And I was like, yes, queen. Um, so are you're a rock star great. in all forms.
1: Oh, well, thank you. You're a rock star. I, I, I have to say, I feel like you are the celebrity. You, you also are the great unifier. Um, I feel like sometimes in this industry, people aren't necessarily akin to like sharing their you know, come ups or there, you know, any sort of. I could see a world where people wouldn't necessarily bring people with them. So I was very, very, very honored that you brought me. And yeah, Marquita is a real one. She, she just, she has an episode I think coming up. I think I'm allowed to say that. Um,
0: but, <laughs> What's she gonna she, do? She gonna come for um, you?
1: <laughs> um, she's brilliant and so sweet and you know, chatting to her about her writing journey on different shows, it's like, you know, it's always just so educational because I feel like us actresses, you know, no matter the body size, but specifically our plus size women, when we don't book things, it's heartbreaking on many levels, more so than other, other actresses because sometimes you can do a perfect job and it just trickles down to someone saying like, "Ah, oh, she's plus size. Yeah. You know, um, obviously there I've heard stories of people saying, oh, well, you cannot get a role because of your hair or blah, blah, blah. But being at that panel was like proof, like evidence that that happens. So but that all these writers showed up and want to change that. So I was very excited. And the best
0: part, I thought, was that we were showing up asking questions, making ourselves available to them to help out, like what do you have questions about and literally, I know you were too, we were swamped by people after, not just on the panel that one lady on the panel like crawled over people (laughs) Kristen
1: Hahn, she produced she directed Dumplin' on Netflix Yeah. she was like like ran up to us so fast and she was like, I want to bring diversity to everything I do from here on out Yeah, and that was like Again, you can't
0: and sent the email girl. And sent the email out. Like and emailed us. Yeah, she emailed Fatch. She was amazing. Uh, And we all sent stuff out to her. Lord knows what could possibly happen, but you never know. You just plant those seeds. And also the amount of people in the audience who came up and were like, can I let you read my script? Can I, you know what I mean? Can I get your feedback? Can we talk more about what the, you know, fat positivity looks like and what kind of characters you want to play? Have you found that, yes. Have you found that this pilot season, I've not really gone out for much of anything, but in my defense, I've barely been here and now it's Corona. But have you found... The scripts being, I got a call from someone, a mutual friend who's kind of, she's been a series regular on the show, kind of asking me what she should do about an audition that came her way for a series regular part in a pilot, but it was not cool. So I'm just wondering, like, have you come across anything that you're like, boo?
1: Nothing. You know, I found this pilot season it to be more, I mean, obviously as an actress of color as well, that's like my two, my one-two punch. Like, if it's not offensive about my body, then they're like, ooh, but you're a Black lady and you're a maid, or you know what I mean? Like, there's two layers. So I've actually had more of that this pilot season. Um, But my representation knows, they know better, I think, at this point. And they really, you know, money is a factor always. And also, I want to be working, but being on Blackish has spoiled me rotten. And having, I have a friend who's a writer who's writing you know, two pilots right now, or he's written two pilots, and they're so good. His name is Adam Lloyd. And they're such good pilots that I truly, when I read other pilots, and they're not up to par in terms of how they write for people of color and diverse bodies, I'm like, eh, I'll wait. Like, I'm, I'm truly at the place in my career where I'm like, I'll wait for the right role. That's which an is,
0: amazing place
1: to be. In. I know. I know. It's kind of, I feel very spoiled and very privileged to say that, but I really do, you know, and as for your friend, I, It's tough because you gotta audition, you gotta make money, you gotta work. So no knocking her if she ended up auditioning for that. But I gotta say, it's a peaceful place to be in to have to read really good material and to be on a show that treats me so well, like Blackish, that I I just can feel, I know what I deserve. Yeah, and I know what you know is offensive and what I don't need to do anymore.
0: That's really inspiring. And you know what? I've also I do not have a show like Blackish, but it I will tell you it is still really freeing not to be right. a slave to those decisions anymore. Right. And like my life is bigger than any job I would get. And I think right. also coming to grips with the actual work that I have always wanted to do as an actor, like the love of the acting part isn't necessarily reflected in the work that you get as a guest star. It's not really reflected in the work you get as a co star, for sure. You know,
1: no, you have to, and if it's a, if we're going back to guest star or any sort of recurring role, you have to play that role. For example, a series regular that you don't feel right playing, you could be playing that for 10 years, yeah, and you could hope and pray that the writers will hear you and you can give them a little pushback. Like I've definitely been in pilot seasons where, you know, all the actresses band together and we're like, we're not doing it this way. And like changes were made, but that's literally happened once in the 11 years that I've lived here. <laughs> so you have to understand that what you're auditioning for, you could book. So if you're auditioning for something that's degrading to you, your race, your body, that could be your life for 10 years. And what the hell does that mean or look like if you're really passionate about acting i I think that would kill my soul, and that's why i just don't want to do it anymore
0: yeah i think i agree now i know you have to run but i also i mean i don't know where to but whatever um (laughs) (laughs) for a glass of wine okay (laughs) okay go ahead social distance wine with someone um but really quickly before you go our governor newsom in california uh his budget did not include um, the presidential uh, – what do they call it? Oh, my gosh. I'm totally – a physical fitness testing. They do physical fitness testing here in California. And when I was growing up I'm, – I'm a little bit older than you um, – they had the presidential fitness test. And it was, like – I mean, it was so tied into, like, who you were as a citizen. And you tried to climb that rope, and it was horrible. And I have, like, nightmares about it. running the mile feeling like you wanted to die but you said that you didn't you really didn't go through that
1: I thought I didn't but I I, a friend on uh, Instagram said that we did have them I have a terrible memory by the way so I and I also think I blocked it out because it sounds so traumatic but she said we did have them and I do vaguely remember ropes and climbing and it being in front of a lot of people and that's just that's shameful and I'm sure promotes bullying um, yes. and it's just not good for a psyche of honestly, any kid, but especially a kid that has, you know, probably a diverse body that doesn't allow them to climb a rope as fast as the next kid. Like, what or, weird... or
0: any, or anyone, like, why is climbing a rope a thing? No, when will you need to do that?
1: I don't even think firefighters do that. Like that's <laughs> the only occupation. I'm like, who, what occupation, maybe a spy or a, a detective maybe not a,
0: a spy. <laughs> How many spies do we have here in this class? <laughs> and the burglars from home alone. Those That's who it is. If you want a burglar, you have yeah. to learn how to do this. That's yeah, like a mindless thing that yeah, you're right. It's useless. Right. Were you were you um weighed in front of other kids? Is that you remember but were we waiting
1: in front of other kids in school I'm asking like my stream because I have this terrible memory Um yeah it says in elementary and it work. was
0: horrible it was horrible I remember it and it was awful like in general, they
1: said we were weighed in, in elementary school. so we have like
0: a three year window in California guys I'm like putting this out there as like a call to action to our viewers in California first of all did you hear that he also said that 60 I'm sorry 50 Six percent of Californians are gonna have the virus in two months. Who
2: That's, said that, Newsom?
0: That's what Newsom said the numbers are projecting. <laughs> yes. He just went on like a half hour before we went on air and said that. So, um, as we sit on our duffs, if you wanted to take on a cause, especially if you're a fat woman who has been traumatized, in California, we have three years to get into rooms with people and write letters and say, This is our trauma like we you really this is not helpful for kids and right. it's not and the end of the day it's not and, and No. yeah the end
1: i would i love that can you tell well i'll email you after this i definitely will be writing a letter actually i have a check mark on my twitter for some reason uh. I'm, <laughs> and hopefully you'll see it and they will blow this shit up smell because
0: you is, it's part
1: of the budget
0: that's a waste of money is all i'm saying it's totally and completely totally Um, and completely so many other things i adore you we have so many other things to happen enjoy your wine with your friend um i love seeing you maybe one day i will be on the other end of the wine glass
1: i would love that i know we have to do
0: it one at a time though so (laughs) i might be down on the list
1: Please, let's have a date. But we
0: can make it work. Um, I don't know if you are able to hang in for a second and watch a little bit of Alexis at Plus Brooklyn. She's really amazing. So, guys, when I was in New York, I got to – right before we went to this WGA event, I was in New York literally the day before with Alexis. And I went and visited her store, Plus Brooklyn, which is just dreamy. And I got to sit down and chat with her and enjoy this interview. Hi guys, it's Kathy in New York. What? This is a Plus This Special. You're so lucky. I'm at Plus Brooklyn. It's (laughs) glamour. And we have the owner here. Hi. I'm finally meeting her. Tell everybody about yourself.
2: Hi, my name's Alexis. I am a longtime New Yorker. And I'm the owner of Plus Brooklyn. We are a resale and vintage clothing boutique. We've been in existence for about three years. Two and a half. It's awesome here. I did uh, have a heart tribute band, and I bought
0: a glitter jumpsuit here to wear to my show. And I've been in love ever since. You have the best staff. Do you know that? I do know that. I mean, I'm they're... pretty confident about that. Is it Ivy?
2: Ivy is our oh. full-time business manager here. She's come
0: awesome. see Ivy. She is a dream. I mean, come see Alexis too.
2: But Ivy is come see
0: Ivy. Really,
2: <laughs> a dream. I mean, she is. You
0: guys, she and of course she like was a great model for you. Like she puts together the best looks. There've she have been several has good times, style, yeah, yeah, I've wanted to go and like order something immediately after she wore. <laughs> so, fashion. Yes. What is your history with fashion?
2: Um, well, I've always been a lover and appreciator of fashion, but I actually didn't work in fashion before owning Plus Brooklyn. Um, I worked in tech. What? Yeah. uh, My career history, I worked in like several different big tech companies and I did like sales management and sales leadership. And I always, but like I always was very passionate about fashion and I always was a fat woman who struggled being able to find options that fit. And I remember thinking, like, growing up, I was really lucky that I loved, like, secondhand and thrift clothing because, like, in my size as a kid, like, the only things that were available when you would go to, like, Macy's or whatever was, like, the Delta Burke collection, which at the time, now that I'm into vintage, I'm like, Delta Burke's so cool. Yeah. But back then, it was, like, very matronly for me. And um, so I, like, totally would make my own clothes, kind of, like, invent a wardrobe that I would, like, thrift and kind of, like do on my own and a lot Um, of
0: men's stuff too right
2: totally men's yeah a lot of I did that
0: too I did a lot of men's alterations and (gasps) husband's here hi husband (laughs) my husband's here he's real cute he's dropping off some Uh, days maybe I'll drop in a picture of him right here
2: (laughs) (laughs) sorry you're gonna be our model today I'm gonna make you take a picture um and then I remember when I moved to New York I moved to New York for college so quite some time ago um, I moved to New York, and I remember thinking, like, my fashion horizons are going to open. Because New York, of all places, is, like, fashion capital of the U.S. Right. They must take care of everyone here. Right. And I remember moving here and being, like, pretty shocked at how little there was. There was actually a really, historically, a wonderful store. It now sort of exists in the Midwest. Has changed hands a few times called Redress. Um, oh, yes. That was in New York that yes. I really loved. But that was really the only option. And, um, you know, over time, I've lived in New York now 17, 18 years almost. Um, there has been some evolution, but not much. And so, as somebody who was like a business person, working in tech and blah, 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 I'd always wanted to leave that world and do my own thing and be an entrepreneur and own my own business. and. Um, this is kind of where my passions were. And eventually I was like, you know what? Nobody else is doing it. Like, there is nobody who's opening a place where people like me, who's like a 3X, 4X, can find clothes. So, like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Oh. And that was it. So, like, my history in fashion is really nothing other than, like, anybody else. Um, (laughs) Just, like, wanting clothes to fit you. Yeah. I just, yeah. It was out of my own need. And I was like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out along the way. Uh, I love that you
0: did. The Guys, this place is so cute. It's the second location because you were in a smaller
2: space. We upgraded.
0: They definitely upgraded. I can't wait. I'm going to, like, totally take you around and, like, show you
2: all the things. We upgraded. We changed know. our business model. We did. Yeah, so we used to only sell new clothes. Oh, yes. In the very beginning, we were just selling, like, you know, new dresses by just different designers. We heavily curated it. And... Um, you know, I always wanted to do, I mean, like I'm most passionate about vintage stuff, like super vintage E plus, um, cause we carry two different kinds of resale items here. We have like vintage vintage, so things that are 30 plus years old. And that's like, you know, like different period pieces, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, oh, God. Vin 90s Plus. is is actually vintage vintage. I know. Oh, no. I, so, I have some vintage. I'm sure I, it's probably mine. Recycled. <laughs> vintage Plus is so hard to find. But anyway, and then there's also, like, the more modern thrift, which are brands that we all know and love. So that's, like, Lane Bryant and Eloquie and stuff like that. Universal Standard that we carry. Um. So, But anyway, so, like, I was super passionate about vintage. And I just had a hunch. I was like, you know what? Like... Maybe I should try dabbling and doing a little bit of this and see how it fares. So I brought in some vintage to the shop and it like did so well. Yeah. And then I was like, I should just do what I'm passionate about. And I said, fuck it. And I stopped selling new stuff and I only did resale, and it's been really successful for us because it's allowed people to, like, come to us and trade their clothes in, yeah. so there's, like, less of a cost barrier for people. We can also sell things at lower price points because they're secondhand yeah, so, so hand. There, yeah,
0: so there's no more new things. It's all consignment now.
2: I mean, we do have new stuff in the sense that we buy a lot of things that people don't return way too long. They're, like, ties. new with tags. So, like, right. I would say a of our store is new by definition, but we don't buy new from designers really anymore. Every once in a while we do like a pop-up or collab and then we carry those pieces. And if it's something really cool, we'll do it. But well, that was, that was going to be my next question with fashion week just ending here. Do you find yourself
0: wanting to participate in that at all? Are you interested in what's happening? Like on, you know, the runway that is new, you know, what's weird. And I'm sure you feel this way too. Like, plus-size models on a runway is such, like, an anomaly. Like, it's such a new frontier that we're making. Like, but I don't know how it's being taken. Like, I I love, I follow um, uh, Foxy Roxy. She's hilarious, Renee Cafaro. And, um, you know, she does a lot of work for Slink. and she like really takes you through like Mm -hmm. what it's like in that atmosphere but what i'm realizing is that there are no fat people there so like even though there's fat people on runways there's like no fat people in the crowd that are the people who would be purchasing those things except for like renee and like two other people um so i was just wondering like is that something
2: you pay attention to or are you like you know what
0: i'm by my i'm about my customer like i i want to take care of the people who walk in the doors
2: Well, I think that there's two different things. One is just like our general love and appreciation for fashion and I think when I think about that, like yes, I personally am very involved for like a myriad of reasons. One is my personal interest. The other is obviously like in the interest of this business and our community and wanting to grow, being involved in like how fashion is evolving to be more inclusive of plus size people. And so for me, I do attend Fashion Week events, but I will only attend inclusive runways. Um, which, unfortunately, there's really not too. Yeah, many. Yeah. So you go to like three. Is right. So yeah. so uh, if I get an invite, <laughs> like I would love to go to a wink, Siriano wink, Christian Siriano show. Yeah. Exactly. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, so that exists. On the flip side of things, we are actually, you know, we are secondhand and sustainability, I think, in fashion, for me, is the future of where I see fashion going. And Mm -hmm, I think we don't see a lot of that in, like, modern fashion that exists today that's doing, like, the runways at fashion. So I think, for me, there's a kind of a dichotomy in fashion, which is, like, understanding the trends and all that stuff so that we can carry it and bring it to, like, our people and the masses. And then there's also just, like, also wedding that with the fact that I think that sustainability and climate change and all of these things that drive... What we're passionate about and what we're trying to do here um into fashion too yeah and those two things aren't always wedded together no i think they're about to be though i, think, I hope so i
0: think you know jane fonda kind of sets the bar and then yeah follows, right right Isn't <laughs> she, she really not... was like i wore this just six years ago but i mean and listen and this she is said she's
2: and, buying like, no new clothing
0: she did not one and nor but and this is the thing We I, I was talking to someone about this like She has the privilege of doing that. Yes. Like, it's, I think it's also kind of funny that there's like a call to do this as soon as like fat girls actually are getting some clothing made for them. (laughs) Like, it's like, we've been doing the let me buy men's clothes and altering them. Let me take my grandma's stuff and make it into something cool. Let me say this
2: I think that you can still be like woke and sustainable in fashion without having to just, you know, like, I think it is really admirable but can be looked upon as like an extreme measure to say I'm never buying any new clothing again yeah, you have to be like privileged there's yeah exactly like there's little steps that you can take in your own life like one is like you can buy new to you clothing that's retail yes like what we do here in many other shops like the plus bus or curve <laughs> conscious or cake you know all these like other places that do it too or beacons closet or crossroads like there's a lot of us that exist places where you can find that um, or there's also just designers that are making it their like life's effort to make the process of design more sustainable yes by taking waste out of it yes. by using recycled fabrics that makes a huge difference too it does it so. does and
0: and I think that you know when you have the privilege of having high fashion your whole life like Jane Fonda she has clothing that it's is never going to be worn out. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've been dealing in fast fashion for so long as fat women that I think that the fact that we have something that has structure... Like, I am so psyched I have stuff in my closet now that, like, has lasted me six years. Do you know what I mean? Because it's actually... Well-made clothing. Yes. So, so I do think you're absolutely right. Like you, it's not like either or. It's like a combo platter, and just like having that awareness. My favorite thing I will tell you is bringing clothes to consignment. I'm kind of mad I didn't like have stuff I could just bring in here. But it's all it's LA hard when that you, you wouldn't. Come from far away. I know,
2: but it's also like we're just starting to buy for spring though. You are.
0: Yeah, I should have brought stuff. So winter
2: is over, basically. I mean, it's not. You can feel it's cold outside, yes. but in February, it's like, You start you're to flex. So yeah. bring
0: your spring stuff down. Let's spring, summer. I'm going to around the store. I already see some, like, sparkly gems over here that I'm going to be obsessed with. Oh, this is a vintage
2: vintage. Um,
0: I know I keep trying to get you to come to the West Coast. Will you please come and be in the studio?
2: I would Will love to come? be in the studio. Right, excellent.
0: Guys, harass her, plus Brooklyn, to come out to L.A. But if you're in New York, you have to come here. It's so easy. It's so easy to get here, it's like right off of the stop. It's right. It's, we're half a block from the L train. Half a block from the L train. Yeah. Was there an elevator? Did I miss it? At the L. Train. Is it accessible? Yeah. There's accessible. an elevator. It's accessible. All the sizes come down. Plus Brooklyn. Thank you Alexis, for having hey. me. Thank you for coming. I mean, isn't she a goddamn delight? <laughs> I love her so much. Oh, wow. Alexis is so brilliant. Uh, and I know I was like, go to the store, go to the store. The store is closed, Avi. New York is also on lockdown. But she just had a Facebook Live sale, and I think she does it every Thursday at 7 p.m. and was going to try to keep doing it. I don't know if she'll even up that, but it's at Plus Brooklyn. I, I'm going to share them. They're incredible. I got this dress there. It's a Melissa McCarthy, which is good for me because like I didn't know if Melissa McCarthy was like, a, like brand that I could wear That would like fit my body right Because I'm short um, But you know Melissa McCarthy kind of short too So, And has pockets Anyway it's very exciting I, I was going to save it for Easter But I was like I'm going to wear it today <laughs> Um So I hope you enjoyed that segment Now I've been talking about doing this For a really long time And the day has finally arrived And I have to tell you Like truth be told I'm a little bit nervous um, I've done this work One on one with people and two, like groups of two, before in a very controlled atmosphere. Is it, This is kind of control, too, I guess, but in a different way. Um, and I keep looking at your Facebook uh, comments, guys, so keep them coming, and thank you for watching. Um, we have a really brave viewer. She's been watching, she told me, since, like, way back in the day. She stumbled upon us. She's also an actress. You may have seen her in the pilot episode of This Is Us, the very first episode. Um, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some stuff that she feels like maybe she could use some growth in and i'm sure it within that we're all going to grow because she's being really brave right now so everyone send your love out and meet wendy de Barros. hi wendy hi how are you I'm
3: i'm doing good i'm a little nervous too i must say that's good that's good that means yeah. it matters right
0: <laughs> isn't that what they tell us if you're yes. nervous that means it matters Absolutely. You look so <laughs> cute. Your hair your Thank hair you. looks How's your hair looking so good? Oh my god. I curled I'm, it before <laughs> I went on the air. <laughs> I'm having like a real meltdown about my hair, guys. I try not to project oh, that. Oh, look people. how cute you look. I mean, and it, I
3: love that your dress is Melissa McCarthy. Oh my god.
0: I know. She did a good Beautiful. job. She did a good yeah. job. This is a good shape for me. I'll have to like, you know, I think she kind of sticks to the same shape, you know? I'll have to, like, keep looking around for more. She's, True. she's not, I am not. I wouldn't spend that much money, usually. And this was, it was consignment, so it worked out. But, nice. um, but definitely, plus Brooklyn. And you can get stuff, too, if you wanted. So, Very um, cool. so we were talking, I'm gonna let everybody know, we, were, we cheated a little bit, guys. We talked at my house. Um, not at my physical house, but on the phone. <laughs> and, um... Wendy and I, I mean, we have very similar journeys, it sounds like. Um, And you think you've done a lot of growth, though, in the last few years.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of it has just been because when you're hit with such a barrage of negativity, you can't help but start opening your eyes a little bit. And then I was so happy to find your show, too, because I was like, other people think like this. Oh, my gosh, you know. Cause what, what you guys start in 2016? Yeah. And that was just, you know, I, when I started watching that, I went, oh, wow. You know, and it just started opening my eyes little by little. I'm still a little, you, you know, but, but yes, absolutely.
0: What do you think is a thought that you wish would not be so loud? <laughs> what, what. A
3: thought that I have that would not be so loud? Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like I'm a hypocrite,
0: Hmm. like honestly. Hmm. And because, and we were talking about it because as an actor, you're sort of asked to do things.
3: Exactly. Right. You know, like you talked about, this is us. I, you know, I talk about eating out of the fridge in the middle of the night at a weight loss meeting and I don't like diet culture. So what does that say? But then again, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm an actress. I play a different part. So I'm conflicted a lot of times, you know, to be really honest. It's, it's a little bit of a conflict.
0: It's hard because those problems have been projected upon us yes. as fat women. And those are the paths that a lot of us have taken because diet culture has thrust them upon us. Um, but also there is, you know, a way not to be that. And it would be refreshing if that was something that, you know, Hollywood specifically wouldn't concentrate on for sure. Um, I mean, you obviously, you know, you created a character and it was based on what you know, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. And I feel like all the characters I play, I try to, you know, um, bring some truth and then also, you know, take a little bit outside of myself. Like if I'm the, you know, um, school lunch lady who's a little harsh or whatever and heavy set, like, okay, I can like kind of tweak parts of my personality and go into that and not feel like it's me and hopefully not feel so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if that's
0: right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Do you do you feel like you're someone in life we talked about this a little bit yesterday do you feel like in life you see yourself as like the leading lady not to steal from the holiday the movie the holiday but do you do you feel like you're a sidekick in your life or do you feel like you're the one the leading lady in my
3: life I think I feel like I'm the leading lady in my life most of the time I'm sure every once in a while no because of the culture that we live in but um yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know for sure that. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> Yeah, when I really think about it. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the blessing of this time that we have, we get to really like take it in and be like, Oh, how is, how is my thinking about my body mm-hmm. actually changing my trajectory in my life? Like, you know, In order to, you know, a lot of times, the whole purpose of me wanting to do this with people is I want to take people's attention off of their own fat phobia and their own, like, self-hatred of their bodies. I was just listening to Miriam Margulies, who, I don't know if you know her, she's a genius actress, and I got to do Wicked with her, so I know her personally. Uh, And she has this big, you know show documentary series about being obese. And she loves saying, you know, she's saying obese and we're all obese and all this stuff. And she was talking about like how she like really hates it, even though she's 78 years old, she's still hating her body. And to to take it off of you personally and kind of put the camera on the world and say, instead of turning it in, like, look at what's out there and how this is built for you to fail first of all in changing your body and also it is built so that there is a hierarchy that you do not participate at the highest level like there is a privilege to being thin and I think that if you can turn that off of yourself like it's not your fault right and like how do we like change that to it's about other people and you're right like storytelling and what people see fat people do is a big part of reinforcing those things. So I don't know if you got to hear Liz and I talk, but, you know, making that decision that I'm not going to do things that make me uncomfortable, or I'm going to ask people to make changes. Um, Well, here's
3: where I sometimes get at war with it, because obviously you want to play the different parts and you want to make the money, right? Especially since I'm obviously not a recurring regular or anything yet. That's my operative word there. Yes. So it's hard to sort of know when to turn things down and when not to. If it's like something that's not gonna, like, I don't really feel like I can tell my reps, like, no, I'm not going out for that role.
0: What like, I feel think, like I have what do you to do it. But what ambitions. do you think would happen if you did? If you had like a really rational, not heated conversation? I honestly think they would drop me. Really? Yeah. Now
3: my own personal projects I have stood up for and not done things because I didn't like them. And I had a conversation with an acting coach once when she wanted me to constantly pay, play Kathy Bates. I said, you know, just cause I look like this doesn't mean I need to be Kathy Bates all the time right. in an acting class. Can we do different things? Right. And um, I was pretty much told that that's not, you know, that I need to get over that and, I love this person, but I'm not studying with her anymore because of that. Right. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, I'm slightly making changes. But as far as like telling my reps, like, no, I won't go out for that or I won't go out for that. I feel like I am not in a high enough position of power
0: to do that. Let me ask I just you, don't. Let me challenge you with this, though, yeah. Wendy. Do you think then, you know, we often forget that when we talk about reps, it's representation, meaning it's an extension yes. of you. And do you think then that that means your representation is actually a representative of you, if you feel like you can't have that conversation with them?
3: Well, it's funny because I I actually did have it with one of my agents who just left the agency. I said I want to play more characters. I don't you know I don't want to be the funny fat girl all the time. So I did speak up to one of them, but he's not at the agency anymore. But um, how was that received? I don't know. Partially, probably, probably partially.
0: Yeah. Did did he receive... Did he hear what you were saying? Yeah, I think he did, actually. I think he did. Do you think that would make you braver with your other reps? Mm, no. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, they're all they hopeless. Are, they're all hopeless cases. Because I will say yeah. that in order to be an activist, and I know it seems like you have that heart in there.
3: Oh, I totally feel like... That's why I feel like a hypocrite.
0: Because
3: I'm definitely a plus size. I mean, I, I love series like diet lamb and shrill. And, you know, you mentioned dumpling earlier in your conversation and I want more parts like that for actresses, especially since we're over half the population. Yeah. Like I totally agree with all of that, but I don't know if like putting my foot down right away is the way to go about it. Well,
0: I, but why wouldn't you be the person why don't you deserve to be respected in the way that you imagine being respected?
3: Well, it's not really about that. It's about the fact to me that the that Hollywood isn't 100% ready for it yet. And I'm just, that's just how I feel. I think they're still in their little genres and I think it's getting so much better and I'm so grateful that it's getting better. And I will absolutely always stand up for plus size people, including myself. But I also feel like it's just like, There's just so many other people that would just jump in my place and do it. So until I get to a certain level, like if you're like kind of a name, I feel like you can say no.
0: And I would say to you, I think that you would think that and I know people at higher levels that do not feel that way. Because Mm, I think they have played this game the whole time. They've been sort of negotiating the game. So all of a sudden, when do you decide you're not going to play the game? You know,
3: I don't know. I mean, I have slowly had a little trickle effect in my career a little bit. Um, I was at a a SAG, does this like summer conservatory every summer. And um, they had a casting director panel and they asked if people wanted to, you know, ask questions. And I stood up and I said, I want to know, you know, when plus size girls will be able to play regular roles and it was kind of shuffled over they said you know you people you worry about who's in the room with you you should be worrying about your acting so i kind of felt like oh well, that got shut down so <laughs> because I don't they know. so
0: basically they like made it all your fault that you are actually pointing out something that is a true thing that's when right. i also think that getting getting the evidence of this under our belts like as people who are tr- at the front lines trying to fight this? Like we have to take in information and be ready to give it to people. You know, at that of uh, WGA event that we went to, um, Liz and I both got up and, and another one of my Fatch sh- friends, and we got to tell them like these are the numbers. It's we are yeah. we're not just half the population. We are sixty eight percent of the American female population is a size 14 or above. An average person is a size 16 to 18, and she's 5'3". That is literally me. I'm off by an inch. So the when you are seen less than 2% of the time, which is also a number that it's not coming out of nowhere, like the Annenberg Institute has studied this, just like we believe everything they say about women and the lack of women in film, they have also said that this is this is how much American women are shown who are plus size, less than two percent. So I feel like to sort of be ready at the go to have those conversations and to sort of drop knowledge on people in a way that they can hear it. I and I I, I really feel like you can talk to your agents. I I, I wanna I I want us to like go back and forth on emails and try to find a way like maybe even role play a little bit. Like what would that conversation be like? Because I think you're right. I think that you have, they have been comfortable putting you in a lane and I want you to be comfortable being in all the lanes. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, that's, that's something to consider for sure. (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I mean, honestly, I feel like if I tell my rep, certain reps these things they're going to say now okay I do well that's and that's <laughs>
0: something else to like really think about so there are a couple things I want you to write about this week and this kind okay. of might this kind of might go back and sort of point you into a, a place of um, maybe like where like the seeds of these things come from because it's never about your reps right it's never about like, this is who I am as an actor. It, Who you were as an actor was built a really long time ago, right? It was built when somebody laughed really hard at something you did. And you were like, I love that feeling. I want that all the time. So, um, and we're going to put these up on the screen too if you're watching at home. Um, we're not going to take the time. I was going to have you do it in real time and take a break. But Kurt, we're not going to take a break. We're just going to okay. show these, okay? He's going to totally like, Kathy, what time is it? <laughs> um, but the first one is... Um, What are some of the harshest things you've thought about your body or looks? And I put that in quotes because we don't really even like take in that people are talking about our physical body. We think of our like, oh, her looks are a certain way as though they're this nebulous like, cloud around us thats that doesn't have actual form. It's like, no, people are talking about your body. And as fat women, I think people do talk about our bodies. And um, I I want you to be honest about the things you think about your body. And, okay. and it, you might just want to free write and, you know, let the question, maybe it's, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I remember, maybe I remember, and then something will happen. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, you might have to sure. write, free write these a little bit. Um, the second one is... Uh, And this one's a big one. (laughs) At least it was for me. Do you hear the voice of a person of authority from your childhood or even as an adult saying these things to you and list them? And this list can be long or it can be that you don't remember. You know, like Liz was saying, she protected herself and, like, just doesn't remember things.
3: So I haven't – I've always only been plus size for about the last mm – 10 years maybe before I was not plus size as a child interesting yeah so just any person of authority then
0: yeah Okay. someone who's sort of like as in your agents but not your agents Mm -hmm. obviously but in the last 10 years like and that could be your parent you know what I mean that could be your bossy brother (laughs) and um, the third thing is write the thing you wished you believed or heard so like basically the things that you worry about your agent saying I want you to turn it around and like what would be the most brilliant thing that they could say what would be you raise your concern to them and what is the thing you would love to hear from them does that make sense and for people at home if you want to do this this week It could be just your own thoughts, your own harsh thoughts that you have about yourself. Like Miriam Margulies saying she looks at her body and she thinks, what a troll. Like it would be like taking that thing around. I look at my body and I think, wow, look at all the things it can do. Sometimes it's I don't. I hate myself so much. It could be I love myself so much. Like, what does the opposite? I don't hate myself. (laughs) Yes, I definitely don't hate myself. Yeah, (laughs) but it is interesting that society is making you question. I think your value, even though you know you're in the lane of this. Yes, in the
3: lane of being an
0: actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendy, you're amazing. Everybody, Wendy is going to be, if God willing um in the movie tom six if if movies come back (laughs) right is that what you said tom six is the movie well
3: tom six is the director
0: oh i'm so um, sorry a tom six movie he did the
3: human centipede trilogy and this movie is called the onania club it's a it's a pretty movie but oh that hopefully will come out one of these days yes Yes. (laughs) oh i'm
0: so sorry i i'm so dumb with sci-fi that i was like oh tom six is the movie (laughs) That's OK. <laughs> and um, you also have a great YouTube channel where you're really funny. Oh, and thank you. <laughs> I want people to go find you. So um, support Wendy. You're going to come back next week and we're going to okay. maybe touch base a couple times this week and and we'll see how these this introspection goes. Does that sound good? I think it's great. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for being up for this. And thank you, people, Plus This. I can't wait to see your Facebook chatter. And um, we'll be back again next week. Plus This. See you soon. <laughs> Plus This.